Welcome to all of you. Uh, my name is Phil. Welcome to those of you who are joining us on video. Um, I've had a number of conversations with people this week who say they enjoy watching the sermons a bit later on in uh, the video. Or to be honest, they said they enjoyed watching Rebecca's sermons a little bit later on in, on the video on YouTube. So uh, get into that as a reminder. We are at the beginning of our Christmas series of messages. And uh, you may be wondering why our stage set is full of stuff. I really want to punch this will, but I don't think I should. Our lives are full of stuff. This week, above, well, no, this week has been absolutely crazy. I don't know what your Christmas is like but uh, in the middle of us preparing for and celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus, we are in a manic week. It is too, truly crazy. Last night, um, well, actually, let, let's start. Thursday night, um, our hospitality team catered for 500 uh, here when the council um, booked it out, which is great because they paid us money to do that, which is amazing because that keeps us going, right? So we had 500 on Thursday night. We had, as you heard, table service for 200 on Friday night. On Saturday during the day, that's just yesterday, we had um, a whole bunch of women. I wasn't here, so I don't know how many, um, doing gingerbread houses. Uh, if you're interested, there are a few kits left over for, for sale this morning to help raise funds for a missions project. Um, then last night, we had teams of people serving kind of like chaplains, um, in unofficial chaplains for the Santa Claus pub crawl, uh, which is always an interesting time. Hands up, who were on team? Who, who joined the teams last night? Who had an interesting time? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's important that we have teams there handing out water, having conversations with people, trying to keep people safe and as much as possible. So that was that until midnight last night. Today, of course, we uh, have our carols at Lang Park, um, where we partner with the Disability Trust and we expect thousands of people to turn up to that. And uh, it has been a crazy week. On top of that, um, last week saw the beginning of our caroling schedule, uh, which is really busy for bands and songsters and musical teams and um, things like that happening. Um, wasn't it great to have the band playing carols out on the balcony this morning? Who enjoyed that? How good was that? And uh, so, that's the sort of thing. I think they were down just to do that this week, but I think we're going to extend that. So, bandsmen, be on notice. It's going to be next week as well. We like that. That's great. And uh, so, they start their whole caroling um, schedule tomorrow night. We're out. Yeah, that's right. That started last week. This coming week, we start the kettling as uh, Chloe said, it's, it's great to be out there and receive funds from people. And uh, so that's an important way of chatting with people in our community, listening to them, handing out fun stuff for their kids and stuff like that. So it's a busy time of year. Crazy busy. It's packed full of stuff. But that's, that's not all, is it? I'm sure your personal lives are full of parties to attend and presents to purchase and relatives to organise. They're so hard to organise relatives, aren't they? It's a nightmare. 
It's no wonder many people feel that the Christmas season is more stressful than joyful. Normally, I, I wander around here on a Sunday morning and I ask people, how are you going? How's your Christmas? And I want, to, I want to applaud the honesty of a number of people this morning whose faces fell and went, I'm sure I'll get through it, or something to that effect. I understand completely how Christmas can become a lot more stressful than joyful. So while we are celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus in this season, I want us to stop and remember the words of Jesus that he spoke a little bit later on in uh, Matthew 6 verse 33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Now, I, this is the King James Version of the Bible because that's how I remember the lyrics to the song. Do you know the song? Seek ye first the... No? Oh, wow, you picked it up from my voice. Uh, so, so, so. For a couple of hours, every Sunday morning between now and Christmas, we're going to declutter. We're going to empty out our calendars. We're going to take the time to focus on what is important. We're going to dig through the distractions and discover the life-giving essentials of what this season is all about. Sound okay? Sound good? Everyone feeling chill now? All right. It's a good start. So our first Christmas essential is relationships. Relationships are our first Christmas essential. We read this morning, Rebecca read for us, the story of how Mary was surprised by an angel, which of course is very surprising. You might think angels appear all the time in the Bible. You might think it's the Bible, angels are all over the place, but they're not. They're very, very rare, even in the Bible times. So that in itself is quite surprising. But it says she's surprised by an angel who gives her another shock and tells her that she is going to be a mother. Now, this is disturbing on a number of levels. Number one, she's a virgin. That's a bit tricky, first of all. Secondly, she's betrothed to Joseph, but they're not married. It also helps us to understand that Mary was between 13 and 15 years old. Right? So she's a young teenager, betrothed to be married, as, as was the normal custom, that's the way things are, but she's also very young. Now also remember, this is an incredibly judgmental and religious society. Not only is Mary going to suffer evil glances and, and, and questions and whispers, but it could actually be physically dangerous for her to be in this state. There is no way Mary could go through all of this alone, even though God is with her. So the angel points her in the direction of her relative, Elizabeth, who also is miraculously with child, although not a virgin, this time she was just very old, is what Scripture tells us, and yet she is pregnant with a child. So Mary ups and leaves her town and heads to the hill country, to Elizabeth's house, where she hangs out for three months. And the thing we learn about this relationship is this, when she gets there, what she encounters is not judgment, 
She doesn't encounter the questions of her character. She encounters Elizabeth's support, Elizabeth's encouragement, Elizabeth's understanding, and Elizabeth's empathy. Now, at the same time, the other relationship that's going on here at this part of the story is the relationship between Mary and Joseph. Now, we don't read that in Luke chapter 1, but if you flick back a few pages to Matthew chapter 1, the last part of Matthew, the beginning part of Matthew chapter 1 is, is, is a bit of a boring genealogy, right? It's just the family tree, which has some interesting parts of it, but only if you study it deeply. So, you go back to the second part of Matthew chapter 1, and we hear... Joseph's perspective. Now, in this part of the story, Joseph is ready to break off the relationship he has with Mary. Mary is pregnant, wasn't by him, it's time to end it. So, he'd plant, you know, he's not a mean fella, he's not, he's not a horrible guy, right? So, he's not going to plaster it all over Facebook or announce and drag her name through the mud and the market square, right? He's, he's going to do it nice, but he's just going to end it. But, that's a problem for Mary and her continued survival of Jesus. Without a husband, it is very hard for a single mother to raise a child in the first century. So, Joseph gets a visit by the angel. And in a dream, the angel explains a few things. And as a result, Joseph steps up and decides to marry Mary giving her and the baby Jesus essential financial, physical and emotional support. So, this part of the Christmas story is very much about relationships and Jesus hasn't even been born yet. But you see, under all of this, before all of this, there is the relationship between humanity and the divine, between people and God that is at the very heart of this story. And it's the reason we have the story at all, isn't it? Throughout human history, God has been communicating. Throughout the Old Testament, since the time of the Garden of Eden, God has been communicating, teaching, writing, inspiring. Through men and women, prophets, priests and kings, God has spoken information. But humanity needs more than just information. When all has been said and done... Humanity needs to know that the point of all of it is relationship. Behind every communication from God is the desire to be in relationship with humanity. So, in Matthew chapter 1, when the angel appears to Joseph, the angel says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, those of you who have an NIV uh, Bible translation will have a little note there and the note will give you this, this interesting information. Jesus is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Joshua and Joshua means the Lord saves, okay? So, there you go. Anyone you know as Joshua... Do we know anyone named Joshua around the place? Yeah? Well, that's Jesus. So, there you go. Maybe they didn't know. Um, 
when Jesus is born to Mary, what happens is that the, the unlimited and unending torrent of light and glory, of intelligence and order and love, is poured into a container of a human mind and body so that He can restore God's relationship with people. On Christmas Day, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how Jesus actually does this, how His life undoes the power of sin, how He saves His people. But today, I want to talk just in this moment about the fact that the divine God becomes a little baby, wholly and completely dependent on Mary as He grows in her womb. I mean, even when he is born, right? Even when he is born, sure, he learns how to breathe oxygen on his own, but he's still wholly dependent on Mary and Joseph. Although, probably more so Mary. He was a normal human child. We've sung this song a few times. We heard a a trombone solo today. The song, Silent Night. Now, I don't know if you ever think about these songs. Do you think about these songs? I was talking to someone this morning and they said they really don't like that song because they heard it a million times when they were younger. But it is a, it's a crazy song. Can you imagine a baby lying in a manger, straw sticking through the swaddling cloths, animals going off around the place? Can you imagine a newborn baby just being silent all the time? Anybody had a child like that? No one's even going to try and admit it. See, because as a normal human baby, Jesus needed to be fed, changed, burped. He maybe had colic, I don't know. All those things that keep parents up at night, I can't imagine it would have been silent. That would have been weird and inhuman to be silent. But, you know, it's a pretty song. And it has a deeper meaning, which we'll explore on Christmas Day. But um, there you go. Jesus was a normal human, and normal humans are dependent on other people. Normal humans are dependent on other people. Though, when we think of the word dependency, we generally think of something negative, don't we? We, we, those of us, you know, we are proudly independent adults, and we tend to look at people who are dependent with pity and concern. We think about dependency on drugs or alcohol. We think about dependency on welfare. Dependency seems such a negative thing, doesn't it? In our independent society. And yet, think for a moment of the fact that we are all dependent on the air we breathe, the food we eat, We were all dependent on our parents for learning how to speak, how to act, how to love. Dependence is simply humbly acknowledging and receiving what we need to live. And the human problem that we have is that we sometimes mix up this dependency that we think is a bad thing, being dependent on alcohol or drugs or welfare or being dependent on someone else, We tend to take that negative connotation and apply it to all dependency and we like to live in this fantasy world that says, I'm not dependent on anyone for anything ever. 
get it confused. But Jesus' birth shows us that it is important to be dependent, to be in relationship. Jesus was dependent, though the holy creator of the universe was dependent on a teenage girl. Not only when he was born, but all throughout his life, Jesus continues to demonstrate dependence on family, on friends, disciples, and most of all, God. Sometimes we can be tempted to think, okay, all right, I'm done. I finished my HSC, I finished my degree, I finished this, I finished that, I'm done. I, I know what I need to know. I have everything I need, I don't need anybody. I can stand on my own two feet. Perhaps you remember your parents or your grandparents' generations saying that they don't want charity, they don't want to be holden to anybody, they don't want handouts from the state or anywhere else. And you know what, there is something, there is something brave and admirable about that, right? Not, being, not having to rely on somebody because you don't want them to have to go out of their way to help you. That's okay. But there comes a point where we can cross the line and where our, our dependency and our desire not to have interaction with anybody becomes just a stubborn desire to make sure that life is completely under our control and our management. We don't need support from anyone. Jesus' birth is a reminder we are dependent beings, we are dependent on the people around us, we are dependent on God in heaven, despite our delusions of self-sufficiency and independence. So, in the middle of this craziness of this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to develop relationship. First of all, we're going to go through three steps. One, recognize your dependence. No one was created to be independent. On uh, Thursday, I referred to the fact that, uh, that Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway, he shipwrecked on an island and he found the only way he could survive was to create a, a person named Wilson. There he is. I think Wilson develops over time, and grows some hair and stuff like that. We are not designed to live alone. You know, this is a particular problem, I believe, for men in our society. As men become older and more independent, we don't normally form groups of friends. I've heard it said, the, the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed was being a 33-year-old man with 12 friends. Because it's rare in our society, and unless we do something about it, the fabric of our society will be torn. We need to recognize our dependence. The second step is to reach out. Sometimes we think relationships form simply by default. And some of the time it does. When you're at school or when you're working with a, a group of people, you're forced into close contact with a lot of people and relationships naturally form. But one, we don't stay in school forever. Two, workplaces are becoming smaller in terms of the number of people involved, generally speaking. Nobody here works in a typing pool, for instance. The numbers of people in groups that we associate with in everyday life is smaller. So the making of friendships and relationships is harder. People change workplaces fairly regularly. So making friends doesn't happen by default. 
Building relationships doesn't happen automatically. Friends need to be hunted down. Not stalked, that's creepy, but you know what I'm saying? Phone calls, messages, turning up to events, practices, joining groups and clubs and stuff, making small groups and life groups a priority, turning up, getting involved in community. I joined Rotary a year or so ago just for that purpose, just to hang out with somebody and other people who are not salvos, which is kind of cool, different. Join a group. If you want to join Rotary, let me know. I know a guy. But get involved in community. And the third step is to actually relate. To be open with other people. Recognize you need them. Get into groups. And do more than just turn up. Talk. Hang out. Go to McDonald's after band practice on a Wednesday night. Hallelujah. What? You don't know we do that? I miss that. This Christmas, my challenge is this. Don't forget to recognize your dependence, just like Mary recognized her dependence on her cousin and her Joseph, her husband. Reach out, get involved with people, groups and events, volunteer and stuff, make the effort and relate to people. Relate things about yourself, listen to the things that other people relate and eventually we'll all be like Jesus and we'll have 12 close friends. It's like a plan, yeah? Because relationships this season are essential. But before, above and surrounding all of that, I want to ask you about your relationship with God. Because the way we gain the courage to, to attend places and be vulnerable and relate to people is by knowing we are accepted and loved as we are for who we are by God. And the only way to know that is to talk to Him and to ask Him. And in the middle of this busy season, it's quite easy for us to avoid the quiet times that we normally would spend with God to avoid taking time out of our day to reflect on our relationship with God, to ask God's opinion about what things we are involved in and what we can't be involved in, to ask God's guidance and direction as to how to deal with awkward family members or something like that, to take the time to ask for God's guidance, to be in relationship with God is vitally essential and it can be one of the things that is easily neglected when we get so busy offering God everything that we offer Him over this Christmas season. It doesn't matter what gifts. We think we're collecting for this or we're playing for this or we're doing this or whatever. None of that matters if we're not having the relationship and talking to God. I would invite you to stand with me. We're going to pray before we sing together our final song. Let's, let's stand. Let's pray. Lord God, it must have been in a crazy thing for Mary to experience the appearance of an angel. Lord, we too are experiencing crazy times, perhaps not quite so crazy. But Lord, we are really busy at this time. 
And Lord, you know we are doing all of this in your name, as in, in, a lot of it in the name of the Salvation Army and as Christians and as, as church people. We're doing this all in your name. But help us, Lord, to, to remember that none of that is worth anything to you without the relationship that you so desperately desire. Help us, Lord, to carve out the time with you. Help us, Lord, to see the times when we have to say no to this event or that person. Help us to see those times as holy times because they are times which we have to take to be with you. May we not lose sight of you. May we not allow our relationship with you to be buried under the clutter of Christmas. This we pray in your name. Amen.